0: Today on the ZAPEcast, the Patriots' latest cheating scandal just jumped up a notch. Are we headed towards another acrimonious winner? I weigh in on the Patrick Reed cheating scandal in golf, plus the triumphant return of Drew Olsen, my colleague at 97.3 The Game. We talk about fandom in the media and a whole lot more. Your bonus daily dose of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> here we go. Wednesday, December 11th, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right into it. The Patriots are back at it again. This incident, at least for me, is likely to change everything. Now, I want to wait another news cycle here. I want to hear a bit more. But the thing that jumped up for me was the revelation that there was eight minutes of B-roll footage of the sideline of the Bengals, their next opponent, that this so-called independent contractor crew was filming as part of a web series on Do Your Job. I'm sorry. For a little webisode, you don't need eight minutes of the sideline. You might need a quick sideline shot, but not eight minutes. I ain't buying it. Now, I did have a professional videographer uh, who works for a company that takes this kind of stuff in say, oh, our guys go out and they shoot hours of B-roll and we ingest it into these big computers and machines that, you know, logs it all. And uh, the editors go in, they cut it up, get some slices, and away we go. Not for a little web episode. You're not taking eight minutes. If you just need to show, hey, here's the job of a scout. Go to the game, sit in the press box, get your notes. Uh, look for this, look for that. Okay, do we have a shot of the sideline? There it is, real quick, and away we go. Eight minutes. Mm-mm. This is very dicey. And I want to hear more. I want to wait for the news cycle to go through another churn here before I jump too deep into it. But this is already beyond the point of, oh yeah, it was a big misunderstanding. It's echoes, exact echoes of what they said back In the first Spygate, in which they said, well, if you get caught, just, you know, here's your answer. You are creating a documentary. And I guess if that doesn't work, you could say, now in 2019, I was uh, creating a TikTok video. Yeah, that's it. And they're trying to the Patriots wall it off from Belichick had no knowledge. This had nothing to do with football operations, that this was part of their video and media department. Hmm, okay. Belichick the dictator, Belichick the detail guy. And they're hiring outside contractors? Oh, otherwise known as disposable people. It's extremely fishy. And when you say, well, why would they need it to beat the hapless 1-11 Bengals? Remember when they started filming the uh, Jets? Jets weren't good then either. They do it because it's what they do. And they figure we're going to keep doing it until the penalty for doing it gets too severe to do it again. And apparently the previous penalty not severe enough. If this is true and I want to find out more, I want to hear more, they need to be hammered. I mean hammered this time. And I was a defender of the Patriots in Deflategate. I said the NFL hadn't proved their case. I said the Wells report was comical in its distortion and stretching of the numbers and the theories involved. Yes, the fact the footballs went missing for a short period in a locked bathroom with no cameras is enough that should have warranted a sanction. Obviously the Patriots dragging their feet on certain things regarding Brady's cell phone warranted a sanction, but the NFL hadn't proved their case and it didn't affect the overall outcome outcome of the game. But this this is different, man. And you go hand in hand with what the Astros did. And I'm waiting to see if uh, Rob Manfred has the balls to come down hard and suspend A.J. Hinch for a year, which I think he should, Uh, take away draft picks, which I think they should, issue a multi-million dollar fine, which I think they should. We'll see. Already I've got some people texting me saying, it's going to, Zabe, don't get your hopes up. This will be like the big UNC scandal. Remember, they got caught dead to rights, ginning up ways to keep their not-so-collegiately academic players eligible, and it was dirty as hell. And they had them dead to rights, and you thought, oh, man, they're going to put North Carolina basketball on ice. No, they're not. We're running a business here. Sometimes these entities realize we're too big to get hammered that bad. This is something the league, if, if the league really finds out, they don't want this out. It affects their bottom line. If people think, hey, the Patriots are still cheating. And if they're cheating at this, what else are they cheating at? And that brings us then to the Patrick Reed situation. When I first saw this uh, incident with Patrick Reed, and I'm not going to get you up to speed, you got to keep up here in class. I'm not going to go over everything. Google it if you want to. When I first saw it, I go, eh, I don't know. I mean, it looks like he ticks some sand, and it's a, it's a unkempt waste bunker, and he's sloppy with his club head, and I didn't think much of it. But then I, excuse me, I saw more, and I uh, watched more, and I realized, oh, he did it twice. Hmm really bad. And then I heard his explanation of, well, that's the camera angle. And then he claimed, I didn't know I hit sand. Golf channel and a round table. This was, uh, first you'll hear from Brian Bateman, I believe, former tour player. And then you'll hear from Fred Funk, who you know is a tour player, senior tour player, former regular tour player. Uh, being moderated on Golf Channel, and uh, they pretty much say right away that these excuses are complete bullshit. Golfers, high-level golfers, amateur golfers, and certainly pros, they have the touch of a surgeon with that club head, and they can put that blade down just the way they want at the right speed, the right angle, and make that ball dance. They know, feel-wise, if they're touching something. Even though it seems illogical to those who don't play the game, like, really? They can feel it in the club? You know, because your eyeballs are right over the ball. They're no more than four feet away, probably, from the thing you're putting your club head behind. Your primary concern on every single shot is, what kind of lie do I have? It's why the first rule in golf is, play the ball as it lies. First rule. First rule. Here was Bateman, followed by Funk, about what kind of bullshit Reed's excuses were.
1: And I think also, interestingly, is even if he was focused on the lie itself and was kind of in a preparation mode with his caddy, it, it, there's no way he could not have seen that. Now, he says he did it, and he said the angle behind showed what happened, but it's hard for me to believe that visually he did not see a lot of sand move. And I think also, interestingly, is that when he did decide to make the stroke, his actual stroke, no sand moved at all. Boom, roasted. So he's rehearsing the move twice, and then he makes the move to make the strike, and no sand moves the third time. So it's obvious that his lie was improved. I didn't like what he said afterwards. There was a lot of they in there. It was they said this, they said that, and I've got to accept it. Uh I don't agree with it. I I think I'm not saying that he was intentionally cheating, but I I think the intent could have possibly been there. And it was obvious to me from whatever angle you were looking at that sand moved and he should have been penalized. Fred, what's your reaction? What you saw?
2: Well, (laughs) it's hard to not agree with Brian on that one. Uh, Not only do you see it, you feel it. Yep. You feel the sand. You know where your blade is. You know exactly. You, You do it every shot. You put the club down. You know exactly where it is, what kind of lie it is what you need to react to. You've got to hover that blade over it and say, how am I going to get to that ball? And you're not taking practice swings or, or little rehearsals and drawing sand out of it. But I think in an effort to lighten it up, maybe on this trip to Australia where they're about to go, <laughs> you mentioned DJ has to meet the guys on the plane. Yeah, the charter's have a charter is from the Bahamas. I, if I was DJ, I'd bring a little bucket of sand and a shovel <laughs> and maybe a little bag of sand and put it in the seat that, Patrick's going to sit in and just kind of lighten the moment up maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that
0: brings us to the second part of this. There's another layer that I want to get on record about. Today's tour player, they're all buddy-buddy. And so once upon a time in the PGA Tour, these players, they really, like, they had real rivalries. They were not necessarily friends. They might have developed a friendship like Weisskopf and Miller, but it took a number of years, or even Nicholas and Palmer, it took a number of years. It wasn't like it is now. They're all buddy-buddies. So I saw someone on the U.S. team, and I'm not sure exactly who it was, might have been Ricky Fowler, don't know exactly, don't quote me on that, who jokingly in a bunker in a practice round at the President's Cup started doing an exaggerated move like clearing sand out of the way. Sort of what Frank said about, you know, the the sand. Issue Like, hey, you ought to put a bucket of sand and a shovel in his seat, (laughs) ha ha, to lighten the mood. No. Fuck that, because that's the problem. It's the old, yeah, it was a paid event, and, uh, you know, it was a no-cut, big cash event. Tiger's, you know, Indian motorcycle company sponsored it, so uh, what's the big deal? (laughs) Ha 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 ha. I guarantee you, if they're playing with Patrick Reed in the final round of the Masters, and they see some shit like that, or the U.S. Open, they're not laughing about it. But the problem is they're all friends, and nobody wants to rock the boat. Nobody wants to be the guy that is like, hey, man, we're trying to look out for each other's backs here. And they're all this way. And I saw the video. uh, Club Pro guy had a great video. Follow him on Twitter. And I didn't know that Kuchar did this. You know, these new rules that say you can take out loose impediments in a bunker, and this is part of the big revision of rules, it's created a lot of loopholes now. And so Kuchar had a lie in the sand. He started taking out what he thought were loose impediments all around the ball in the sand trap. And he was easily improving his lie. And it was legal under the new rules. They got to they gotta really think some of these new rules and roll some of them back because they're bullshit. And if you play golf, you know this. You play golf, you know this. It's because not only is the essence of play the ball as it lies the core of the game of golf you hit it where it's supposed to lie good in the fairway on the green you hit it where it's not so good the rough the sand the woods fuck it a you play it where it lies you don't improve it oh that's just a stick here let me oh it's next to a rock let me move it away oh let me scoot it away you're not playing golf anymore you're fucking around is what you're doing that's not golf and the thing about golf is it starts with these little things like poison cheating is like poison And it gets in there, it gets into the system, and if it's a little bit this and a haha event in the Bahamas, what's next? And I wish the top players in the game were a better example for this, but I'm looking at you, Tiger and Phil, the two of you. Tiger with multiple incidents in which he did not live up to his stature in the game when it came to bending and or breaking the rules. I'm not going to go through them here. And Mickelson with that god-awful embarrassment at the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills, where he was slapping the ball around the green like a jackass, and then refused to DQ himself out of honor and grace and good sense because he clearly meant to do that. It's bullshit. It's kind of why I'm even more of a Kepka fan. Yeah, he may be a, hey, dude, golf's easy. You suck. I'm going to go lift. He's not a cheater, at least not yet. And he doesn't seem to care about liking these guys so much. So he's not going to laugh like, ah, ha, ha, you cheated, Patrick Reed. Okay, let's go now play the President's Cup. Here's Brandel Chambly. I know Chambly is polarizing to some extent, but I think this is good. It's a couple minutes. We'll play it, and then we will move on. To
2: Drew Olson, uh, bring together your thoughts over the last what are we now five days from everything you've seen from from what happened in the third round on Friday to the non-apology to the penalty to getting to Australia Tiger calling Patrick a, a great kid that everyone wanted on the team. I think Patrick will be fine. Yeah, it's a lot to unpack, but uh, in general, I'll just say that the team will have the appearance or the patina of a well-oiled machine. Um, but deep down in the marrow of this team, they will be affected by this controversy. Uh, their DNA as a team has been altered. There's just no two ways about it. To defend what Patrick Reed did is defending cheating. It's defending somebody breaking the rules. Everybody in the world of golf, and look, the world of golf um, eliminates borders. You are We are brought together by our love for the game and the love of the traditions of this game. And as Far back as this game goes, at its inception, is you do not improve your lie. This is not a new rule. It's been around a long, long time. I don't care what camera angle. You can go overhead. You can go down the line. You can go face on. Um, He would have known he was moving sand in the path of his club, improving his lie. So he's put his teammates in a very difficult situation. Uh, if they do defend him, they're tacitly defending breaking a rule, flagrantly breaking a rule. But as, team- Obviously, as teammates, shouldn't they defend him? No, I don't think they should. Uh, oh, you come know, on. They're you, teammates how, how are you going to defend that? Well... How are you going to defend that? It's, it's, it's an untenable situation. When you're now in a team situation, it becomes a little different than an individual look, game. Look, they, they they won't defend him. They, they won't. They won't they, I, I'm they not won't saying defend that convict specific him. They won't speak right. to it because they will have, I have no doubt, been well coached not to speak to this issue. That okay. it happened at the Bahamas. We're not going to talk about it. But the unadmitted specter of having in their midst somebody who so flagrantly broke the rules... Look, they made a deal with the devil when they chose to put Patrick Reed on this team. And the hopes was that whatever darkness he would bring to the, tea, or to the team would be offset by his competitive fire. That's what they hoped. You know, when was the last time a team member stabbed everybody in the team on the team as soon as the event was over? Well, it was the last time there was a team event. Mm. And it was Patrick Reed who did that. When was the last time you saw a video... So convincing and so convicting as the video that you saw at the hero. Well, let me ask you this. When was it? Well, here's what I want to You didn't. I've never seen
0: it. And there you go. Boom roasted. Whether you like Brandel Chambly or not. I wonder if Ryan Burr was asked or tasked with being the public defender of Patrick Reed by the producers of that segment. I wouldn't be shocked if he was. But Who knows? I thought Chambly was spot on. Okay, that'll. I'm sure there'll be more to come on this in the future. Time now for our man Drew
1: right
0: All right, we I am with Drew Olson right here in production Radio seven, song. I believe, is this room of the mighty iHeart Megaplex in Greenfield, Wisconsin. It's good to have Drew back on the same cast. You know, you're people.
3: I've be been curious. I've been living in exile what's the deal where has been my invitation I know well, what Waiting by was, the phone like, right. Zab- every, day. every time the phone rings I look at it, it's like oh not so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so two years ago uh first of the year I started the Zabe cast um, and I was like well shit couldn't come on, with me from time to time then I can pinch for 20 minutes of their precious valuable time and I was like Drew for sure Drew okay great so that was two years ago, and then the whole changeover began, where I ended up taking this gig and work with Drew at the 97.3 of the game station, and as soon as I had signed the deal to come over, six-month non-compete, and the lawyers and management said, Drew, you shall not appear on that Zabecast until this thing is final, right? That's right.
3: And now, you've been here since May six months, just past the six months, and, mark, it, and, and here it, I am making my return for, six I know, months later.
0: I know, it's a, it's an outrage. I don't So know you if, were really waiting sorry, for me to come
3: back on the ZAPEcast, and you waited six months. Saw, I've been living in exile. It's good to have all, hey, first of all, everybody who listens, thank you. I enjoyed being on this cast, and I enjoyed the interaction I get on Twitter for you. Like Drew Wilson and Katie, it's fun. Drew, you are
0: the, you are the fun. Uh, I appreciate what you did to uh, recruit me and what you did to say. Wait, wait, we
3: didn't tamper, that's why I wasn't on for six months. No tampering.
0: I'd say no tampering. collusion. No tampering. No. No tampering. Re- no, but recruiting is recruiting, and tampering yeah. is tampering. No.
3: All I did was answer, uh, offer counsel as a friend. Right?
0: Exactly. What well, look, you. you uh, right, you said this is a gr- good group of guys, and it really is. I do like the guys here at the station. I'm getting to know and learn each of them a little bit more as we go along, which is great, and hopefully they don't matter, mutter too many bad things about me behind.
1: <laughs> That's
2: Coast,
0: that East Coast asshole thinks he's the man. What the hell's wrong with him. Um so anyway, we got a lot to talk about today. We got ground to cover. We got ground to cover indeed. So um let's talk baseball, because who doesn't want to talk baseball hey, We're right. the Around stove, people. <laughs> Actually no, let's not talk baseball. Let's talk fandom. Drew is famously, for those of you that don't know, no, not a fan. He is hardcore media through and you don't wear gear for the most part, jerseys, replica stuff, or whatever. And you don't really live and die with the winning and the losing of the teams in our area. You want the teams to win. It's better for you, better for it's us. Like business. But you're yeah. not a fan fan.
3: No, well, I want the teams to win. It's good for business. I, I subscribe to the theory there's no IN team, but media starts with me. Right. If the local teams win, our business goes up. People mm-hmm. want to be more in the sports world. If they lose, it doesn't tear my guts out. I don't. It's like, well, okay, that that happened, and and that's from covering it and being in it. I talked to, and I'm not going to compare. I'm not drawing a comparison. This is a Dan Needles, our buddy, my TV yes. partner. This is one of his stretches. But I talked to a doctor who is a renowned cancer specialist in the area, and he was talking about how you know he he's surrounded by death, and like they they treat it differently than. They process it differently. They see it so much that yeah. they're numb to it, but they they process it differently than other people who aren't doctors.
0: So you feel like, as a sports media guy, you process winning and losing.
3: Correct, because I, I was I did it for so long in the trenches covering games as a neutral observer, and people say, "Well, you still cheered." And like, no, I honestly didn't. Now. Is there like was there a Schadenfreude aspect? Like, if a guy blew me off and then yeah. I saw him go zero for four, did I Riley smile and say, "Yeah, take right. that, motherfucker"? <laughs> exactly. Yes, I did. <laughs> like, there's no cheering in the press box except if it helps you in some way, make your flight, make your deadline. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I want this game to end. Because yeah. I, you know, it's 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 all about yourself and the way you're and it doesn't matter. You get paid whether the team wins or loses. And I, I've been in it so long and I wish I could. I, who are the guys who are the eunuchs in uh, Game of Thrones? It's, it's escaping me. Tip of my tongue.
0: Oh, the people that were part of the new religious sect. The, the, the that, eunuchs. Uh, that wore the uh, chains around their uh, bodies. Yes, yes. They, and they took over briefly, yeah, and then they got their asses burned up in head green eunuch fire. Was, uh,
3: the head eunuch was the, the, the,
0: the, the head guy eunuch? from the James Price. Yeah,
3: what were they called? I can't remember. It's killing me now. We'll, well get to it. Okay, well, you can look but, uh, it up while I'm uh, talking. That's, about, I'm a yeah. sports eunuch because- <laughs> And yeah, I, I don't I don't take a lot of joy when the teams win. It's like, oh, that'll be good to talk about, or that'll be good. I mean, maybe we'll get some ad dollars out of that. Right. And I don't, but I also don't, I'm not gutted by a loss. I look yeah. at things clinically and analytically the way that doctors look at, okay, this is your scenario, and now this is your, you know, this is going to be your outcome.
0: Longtime sports columnist in D.C. turned uh, part-time sports radio host, Tom Lavero. I know Lovey. You know Lovey. Yeah, He's know a baseball Lovey. guy. Yeah, great guy. He, he would always say without any shame, I root for me. That's it. That's who I, I root for. My column. I root, I root, for, root me. for a good lead. Oh, absolutely. That's what he you, roots and for. And that's
3: what you root for. And that's now, what I.
0: That's the soup that I'm in. Right. And and because and you, it
3: hurts me because I don't have the passion and I don't. Uh, okay. Uh, the Brewers let uh, Yasmani Grandal and Mike Moustakis walk. Hurts. And there are guys on the dial like ah, I'm. Gonna, I'm going to get back my twenty pack. Like. Really? You know you're not. Shut the fuck, Shut fuck up. up. You know you're Host you're really not that? that mad. Yeah, guys. And oh, then God. so guys can and, and they amp that up, and I I'm looking at it like, okay, well, where are they going to spend the money, and how does this affect them? And right. and I, my look, I look at it like, hey, Bryce Harper signed last year with the Phillies. What did they do? They finished below the Brewers, didn't they? Like they and the yeah. Brewers didn't get Bryce Harper, so you win pennants with guys Yolis Chassin. Right. What's you know, weird Louis, though is th- Louis
0: Soho wins right. the pennant. The difference is, so you being from a print background uh, and me being just sports talk from day one, it's so different because in print, you're you're, you're sort of grilled into the whole or drilled into the whole neutrality standpoint. In sports radio, though, the typical prototype sports radio host is supposed to be an uber fan at heart. So much so. That there are some people that are bent, that I am here right now for an extended stretch of days, and that I have dared to wear the colors of another team.
3: See, but you're a special case. You've always had that secondary love affair. This is a 20-year thing. It's not just a flip of the switch. Understood. You've You've been steeping in it for a long time.
0: Understood. But there is a good chunk of a sports radio listenership base that believes you should be ride or die with the teams that you're repping as a host. In your city as a sports talk host. And it's a weird phenomenon because as I tell people about the Redskins, I'm like, this team is fucking dead to me until they get rid of Bruce Allen. And then then the first day that he is literally not on the payroll, and I'm not talking about reassigning him within the building. The first day he's literally not on the payroll is the first day me and the team go to counseling to try to begin to repair <laughs> the relationship <laughs> it is not automatic everything is good that's now right it is this is day one of dan snyder tell me why i should give a fuck again about you guys because you're such a gong show that's so that's how so i that's am with the at. team yeah and and i have a good well. buddy want to count roads who is so hard down for the team he's mr uber fan and i appreciate that he gets mad at me sometimes because he he questions my fidelity or my passion out- Or my fierceness advocating for the team. Right. And I tell him, I say, Johnny, you don't understand because you don't know what I know about the people in that building who are so reprehensible that it makes me sick, Drew, thinking if the Redskins ever did get good, those assholes would get to ride high and feel good for a while. And I don't even want to think about that because they are legitimately bad people whom I hate. And they don't. Yes. He doesn't get that. Other fans don't get that either.
3: When you get behind the curtain and you see what the wizard looks like, and you see how the the fudge is packed, or the <laughs> sausage is made, or the whatever you want to say, packed. whenever you when you see that, you do get a different perspective. And I uh, I'm shaped by that.
0: Now, uh, now it, it a, helps if there's a good organization with good no doubt. people that you like no, and respect, it. and then they have a good season, you can go, yes, that was good great. Good for them,
3: yes. But then there's also, you're right, some people in sports are reprehensible. Some people who are painted as model citizens, we know that they are. Frauds. Aren't. Fra- <laughs> complete frauds. And it's
0: Always look for the most holy and religious of that's athletes. They're the often. ones that are most suspect to be like, okay, what shit that's, you got going on behind the scenes. That's
3: often the case. Now, here's the thing. I, I it's, I can't give – I'm not going to fake the passion. I've never done that. I've, I'm not going to fake like I'm outraged that the team's lost five. Minute. I'm like, well, what's happening? And I'm telling you what's happening, and I hope to raise the bar and the discourse – and I hope to give people something else to think about while they're yeah. reacting as fans. Like I try to understand the psychology of fans, and I don't, for the life of me, the modern fan. Here we are with the Packers. A perfect example right now. Look where they are. Look where their record is. Look what they've come from the last two years. And already we're having the discussions. Well, if, they lose a, if, they, if they're one and done in the playoffs, this season was a whole waste. You've been entertained. This guy came in. The number one question I said in July is, can this fucking guy coach? Did they pick the right guy? Right,
0: LaFleur. Yeah. yeah,
3: that was the only question, and apparently he, he can. can. Right, and if they don't make the, if they don't win the Super Bowl, everybody, well, that's the goal. I say, you, how many rookie coaches walk in and win the fucking Super Bowl? I Not know. many,
0: right? It would right. be an
3: aberration. It's like that's like a, a million to one shot. So, are they in the right track? And it's like, well, they're wasting Rogers' prime. Well, the, they change coaches in Rogers' prime.
0: Do you believe in the NFL in being on a track, or do you believe every season is a? Individually wrapped piece of candy that you you just don't know, and that it resets. Every they're year.
3: individually wrapped, but they're from the same bag. There is okay. continuity that carries, but you're right, and it's it things flip over. And
0: look for, at these pop up winners we've had. The Eagles were a total pop up winner for sure. The Packers, when they won it with Rogers, was a pop up. Well, they were a pop up winner because winner. yeah,
3: the next year they were 15 and one and lost a divisional playoff game at home. Well, that. Okay. Well, so, they were pop up. Okay, they, I guess no they were win. trending
0: the right way, and
3: they've been elite since. All right, Eli Manning. When, when Eli Manning,
0: who played last night, oh, was yeah. a two-time Super Bowl winner as wild card, and I like to say that to my giant fan friends. I'm like, yeah, wild card. It's sort of a well, Costanza thing in Seinfeld when he's like, yeah, you won the World Series Pfft, in six games.
3: It, it's and this is the dichotomy. Would you rather have your team be what the Packers have been since their Super Bowl? With Rodgers healthy, right? It's like we want that one championship, but then you're going to wander the desert for ten years. I'll take the championship.
0: No, people I'd sign up for that be all the good time. For ten years, the Arizona not Diamondbacks. How long you're the in the fucking woods.
3: Diamondbacks are still paying Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson's grandkids' salary money deferred. <laughs> And they haven't won anything, are but they, they really? got that. They Is got, that an exaggeration? Well, they're paying them. The, there's some Bonilla money hidden in there. Is there really? I think Wow, I think, that's wow, I still think they still are. I think, so. <laughs> I think they are because that's the way. That's the. But that's, that's the, they the deal it. they made, yeah. and they haven't won since. But you got the one. And it's like, there's a value, even if people say this with the Wisconsin Badgers team we follow, it's like, yeah, but they'll never make the college football play. Well, they're in the fucking Rose Bowl this year. They win 10 games a year. They're fun to watch. They're not right. an embarrassment. You don't have uh, scandals everywhere. You don't have... Right. It's it, Paul Chris isn't a flight risk that you're worried yeah. about. Every time he gets on a plane, he's going to go take another job in the SEC.
0: Right. No, it's, it's
3: pretty good. It's pretty comfortable and good. Now, uh, are we cheated? Is your life diminished because they haven't made it to the college Because if they make it to the college football play, there's no guarantee they win. Right? Right. Right. And so I'm happy as a clam with the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is a bowl game I love. This is a, a you can't have an unsuccessful season to go to the Rose Bowl in my book because yeah. I came up at a time when the Badgers were so horseshit. That there was the idea of them going to the Rose Bowl was like, yeah, and tomorrow for lunch, I'm going to take the space shuttle up to Mars with Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. (laughs) That's how remote it was. I know there was no fucking chance. So people just need this perspective. And it's like the fan mentality. And I hear this all the time. I would rather have the team go four and 12 and get a good draft pick than lose the NFC championship game. And I say, you're fucking crazy.
0: I know. Well, fans are like that. They'll say shit. Fan fans lie. And, they lie to know, themselves. They lie to themselves. They certainly lie when they come on radio shows. I've been busting more and more people on lies about how they don't watch the NFL anymore because oh. of the penalties or the instant replay or Kaepernick or the kneeling. And I'm like, you fucking watch the games. Don't lie hey. to me on this. There's nothing yeah. else to do on a Sunday but watch the they watch NFL. They the football. Uh,
3: the Brewers drew $2.8 this year. And probably 1.4 million of those people were people who said in 94, I'm never going to a fucking baseball game again because they went on strike, these rich assholes. <laughs>
0: right. Or at least another chunk that after the Braun thing said, ah, that's it. Yes. You know, I can't stand exactly. this, this Exactly. And they, they all come guy. back.
3: You're right. You're yeah. right. So you, they lie to themselves. But that whole thing about it, it's – and I have a, ter- a term for it, and I've told you this. It's the silver medal syndrome. Like, hey, uh, what's your story? You meet somebody at uh, Oh, I was an Olympic race walker out of Kenosha. It's like I went to the I went to two Olympics in uh, Seoul and uh, Oh, how'd you do? Uh, I won the silver. Oh, that's too bad. That's <laughs> too bad. Well, it's you bad. know, sorry for that. It's pretty like, good. It's pretty freaking good. I know, but, but you see, not good enough
0: in North American pro sports. We don't give out silver medals. We don't. There is no bronze medal no either. Bronze. You're right. There is glory and shame. That's right. That's it. Eternal shame. Okay, so shame.
3: Eli Manning is yeah. regarded as, you know, he's, people are arguing his Hall of Fame catch, which, which makes my head explode. Because I, I wouldn't put him in. He lucked into my two standard, Super my Bowls, standards.
0: My standards for the Hall of Fame are a lot different than other people.
3: Which is funny because I argue this with Dan Needles all the time, my buddy from Channel 12 here in Milwaukee. He's, he'll say, well, Eli played great in big games. I said, too bad he only played big games twi- two years out of the 15 he played in the league. Right. Yeah. He, he never won a playoff game outside of those Super Bowl years. Yeah, and I said, exactly. how is that? Pr- and then if if that by that measure he gets in, then Mike McCarthy and anybody coach who wins a Super Bowl gets in, right? right. It's because a very
0: low bar all of a sudden. It is. Joe Flacco like, would have to be in. Damn straight. Because he was a big game hunter that's in right. the postseason. So yeah, I, I would. It's a small
3: sample and people lose their shit about the, mm. the analytics of it. You have to be a little bit more. And that's where I, I'm i clinical. But then the, the disconnect is the fans who nothing is good enough. For a fr- first-year coach. I thought a winning season would be a step in the direction. You know, a winning season by Lafleur I like In the playoffs, is like, that's great.
0: But sometimes people conflate or confuse uh, analysis with criticism. So if you analyze the Packers and go, wow, look at these numbers offensively. Points per game, yards per game, offensive ranks, this, that, the other. You stack them up last year to this year for the Packers, they are damn near nuts on identical. That's right. Identical. And so what's the difference between a failed season where you fired McCarthy mid-year versus 10-3 and 3 in the two-seed right now with three weeks to play? Defense is obviously a big mm-hmm. part of it, yeah. and maybe a little dollop of luck. And, and maybe Aaron a jones dollop
3: into the scheme right
0: you know? a, right aaron jones reporting to camp 15 pounds lighter and on a fucking mission and then a little dollop of injuries they've been super healthy this super year healthy. and a little dollop of scheduling of oh your dance partner in the nfc is the nfc east yeah, and they still lost a game to the Eagles. Yeah, it's who turned a, out to it's be all not
3: great. in that stew. Yeah, so they may be ahead. And so now, what if they take a step back next year because of injuries or luck or a schedule? You know, first place schedule. That is I'd be a, willing a to shame. bet
0: it if they roll in the Packers at let's say twelve and four. God forbid they lose another game, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> God yeah, forbid they lose, they, to lose to the Vikings, to, they lose to the Vikings. They lose to the Vikings and they're twelve and four. Yeah. God forbid they lose to the Vikings and they lose to the division. Do we know if they have the? If they lose to the Vikings Drew and they end up identical win, twelve and fours, it's a split head to head. Yeah, they win. They no, do because of they will
3: win better division record.
0: Oh, they do. Packers
3: Packers would win if they beat uh if they beat if they win the games around the Vikings game, if they win those two, if they beat Chicago and Detroit, they're in the division champ. They're, no, they're, they're doesn't division matter. Locked. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Anyway, if uh so yeah, I would be willing to bet you probably would regress just a bit. I, I mean, there's a good chance. And it's okay, tough to go. It's tough to go 12 and four in this league.
3: It is. The Brewers went to the NLCS and then um, they missed the World Series by a game. And Craig Council said the next spring, that's over. This is a new. Even though we got some of the same guys, it's every season is a new. And you're right, the individually the wrapped individual piece of wrap, candy. Yeah. And he's like, this is that we're going to write our own story. This is going to be a different story we're going to write. And they did. They went about it a different way. And uh, but it was still tasted the same because they had sprinted through September to get. To the, yeah. the playoffs, but it, every season is different and there's no, that carryover does happened. happen.
0: By the way, on McCarthy uh, Drew alerted me to this because I saw it on my Twitter feed and I was like yeah, 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 too long, didn't read, too long didn't watch. I'll go back to it later just scroll, scroll, scroll. I saw NFL Network did a thing with Tom Pelissero on the McCarthy project and they showed him on camera being interviewed and I was like, oh I bet it's for some like wounded warriors or dog rehabilitation or something. <laughs> Rescue and the, the McCarthy Project is McCarthy huddled up with other unemployed coaches, including old Jimmy Hazlett, as we say around D.C. Because Spurrier called him Hazlett instead of Haslett. That's hilarious. He's like, "Yep, yeah, that Jim Hazlett. I hear he sleeps in his office down in New Orleans. Not really helping him out, is it?" He was oh talking God, so the much. Old ball shit. coach. Yeah, the ball coach is like, "I'm not going to spend all day in my office because it doesn't really work necessarily." So Hazlitt and and McCarthy and a couple of the guys I don't even know.
3: Frank Signetti, quarterback uh, coach. Yeah,
0: Yeah. are there breaking down film, making practice schedules for if and when the call comes from an NFL team? And I guess McCarthy thinks he's going to bring these guys along with him? If he gets Perhaps. hired?
3: Yeah, they're in the lab right now. That, I think he probably will just because of the comfort. And, Would you as an yeah, owner hire, hire a package
0: deal? Have you ever heard of this before where an NFL oh, coach out of work assembles I, an A-team and never, says we're a package?
3: Never to get ready like this. Like, they're putting in I, – I wouldn't doubt they're putting in 30 hours a week grinding on this,
0: right? And when asked about that, McCarthy said, we need football right now, meaning we, as in my family, he and his
3: family need football. He,
0: he needs football, and he damn near choked up saying it. That's right, right, yeah, because he's it's going to be a
3: sacrifice work. for him to move. His he's got yeah. roots. He loves Green Bay. He loved the Packers. I mean that that wound is going to take a long time to heal for him because he, he was cleaved off from. He would love. He would have stayed there until he sure hung
0: it. up. He has a street named after him.
3: Indeed, yeah, it's so got to be tough for him, and he lives there where everything is Packers. It's not like New York where. Eight out of ten people on the street don't give a rat's ass about the Jets or the Giants.
0: Right, right, right. It's the Packers. It strikes me lives. as a bit desperate.
3: He, I think he, I think more than anything, he probably needs an excuse to move out of that, to be <laughs> away from that. But the thing is, though— I think he's same. like,
0: I think he's like you, anyone who works in a high-demand job where you're working, 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 working. Suddenly you're home, and your day is wide open, and you're lost. You're like, right. what am I going to do?
3: You're fixating on this package deal, though. Every coach that gets hired has a package deal. Every they're coach every coach has his, in his guys mind. in yes. his mind. It's like, this is my staff. These are my boys, and I'm coming with them. And right. everybody, most people know who they are when you're in, doing
0: those searches. In theory, an owner might say, you know what? I like that. You're showing initiative. It's like you and I doing a ZabeCast for no money two years ago <laughs> for no reason. Other than, eh, I. you know, people ask me about this podcast because they're like, God, oh, you do two shows and you do this? And I'm like, I consider it my prepper's garden. Like a prepper who is learning how to grow his own beans, this is the last resort if all the other broadcast jobs go away. this is my compound this is it. Yep. <laughs> right exactly. this is what I retreat to to find a way to survive There's
3: Mres here on this wall we got a bottled water over there exactly
0: because you know what in our business when guys get fired and it's like, oh shit what now the news reports usually say, Uh, And so and so plans to start a podcast, and I go, "Oh yeah, going to start a podcast, right? (laughs) Right? right. At least this way, uh, when when I get whacked finally, it won't be I'm starting a podcast. I'm retreating to my existing podcast. Adam
3: Carolla blazed this trail, exactly. uh, He he did it. But the thing is, like the other day, the boss asked me. He goes, "So you know, we don't usually have many big picture. We're so day to day nuts and bolts. Like I'm getting through the week. He said, "Yeah, how long do you want to do this? And I said. Until they take the jersey off me, (laughs) you know. My kid just started college, but I'm uh, I'm in it. Tim actually asked you that until it runs out. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "How much? What's your?" He's asking me like a life plan or something. It's like until it runs out. Until they take the jersey off and tell me I can't do it anymore. You
0: know, I I used to think by the time I'm sixty, nobody wants to hear my shit anymore. And then I started looking around at other people in the business, and I was like, "Well, those guys are fucking way older than me." And even though I'm fifty-one, I skew younger because I'm a little degenerate punk, you know, who likes looking at shit that young people like, like TikTok. Totally <laughs> fascinated hooked. by that right now. So there's no reason I couldn't do this to 65 if I wanted to, or even 70. Until Look at Uncle out. Brent Musburger. Exactly.
3: Until it runs out. Until they take the jersey off and say you can't do it anymore.
0: As long as you stay youthful in mind and spirit. And maybe Mike McCarthy can hire me to be his ball boy. Sports his keeps his video, you young. You know? Or his video uh, or his, uh, uh, analyst. Yeah, exactly.
3: His media guy. Is that it? Two more questions. Yeah. All right, right, that'll do it. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. That's right. That's
0: the job to have. (laughs) Or or be like Andy Reid, time is yours. (laughs) Scott Lynn would always make fun of Andy Reid in Philly when he'd go. He'd say a few statements and they'd be like, the time is yours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I yield back, I y- Senator. I yield, I my, yield time my time to the time, Senator. Senator. Well, Drew Olson has given me 23 valuable minutes of his oh, time God. that would have otherwise been spent just noodling around in his cubicle in the bullpen. Thank you, Drew, for coming out of your home.
3: Glad to be back on the Zabecast Zabe. Hit me up. Let's do this more often.
0: All right, people. If you like Drew on this uh, Zabecast, then uh, let your voice be heard, and we will bring him back for a return engagement. Pick up your coupon for a Palermo's pizza as you exit the door. Thank that's you. that's the salary for doing the Zabecast. All right. I'll end on this today. Well, SI, that didn't take long. They thought they'd done a good thing, a nice thing, in naming Megan Rapino an aging part-time player on a soccer team that was favored to win it all and did win it all. Once again, she was the star, the breakout social star of the social conscious star of the Women's World Cup this past summer. Very vocal about equal rights and about uh, uh, gay and lesbian rights. And of course, a big Trump basher. So, I mean, that's irresistible catnip to the liberal media in the sports world. So she was, of course, named the Sportsperson of the Year by SI.com or SI, whatever is left of the actual magazine, and it's not a whole lot. Wonderful. Yay. So there she is up at the podium accepting the award. What does she do? She turns to attack SI. She says, is it true so few writers of color deserve to be featured in this publication? No. No. Is it true that so few women's voices deserve to be heard and deserve to be read in this publication? I don't think so. Oh, wow. Hey, you know what, Megan? Thanks a lot. That's cool. Make us look like shitheads. We were doing something nice for you and for the cause. And now you're turning on us? Us? Really? Do you know? Did you see what they just sold this once great sports magazine for? It was pennies on the dollar. Do you know everyone that's the, – the handful of people, the dozens of people who still work in this shell of a media organization, do you know how glad they are just to have a crappy job for probably half pay? And now this, we, we do this up? Huh? No good deed shall go unpunished. SI, you learned your lesson. Maybe. Maybe they learned the lesson. Maybe not. Who knows? That'll be it for me today. Thank you so much for your download data and, of course, your nonstop evangelism of this very podcast. We know you have a choice in podcasts. In fact, there's way too many, so I thank you for making mine part of your day. Rate and review. Subscribe to Fridays as well. It only costs $1.17 a week or, as Chris Berman likes to say, $24.99 a month,
1: right, Tom? Just on the phone. It's donut and a coffee. Spring for it in December, will you? <laughs>
0: Have a great day, everyone, and we will see you next time. Like birds of a feather will fly. Like rain on
1: the sun today. Like a million dollars that you give giving away. Like a saved dog.